Hey guys, listen up. This is the SEC Insider Hit, powered by Miss Kelly Furniture, Mississippi's number one, number one sleep store. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the Purple Mattress at any of the Muskelly Sleep Store locations. I've been sleeping on one for two years. You'll love it. The Purple Mattress from any of the seven Muskelly Sleep Store locations. The one and only Purple Grid, groundbreaking, no pressure gel technology, is the star of every Purple Mattress powered by any of the Muskelly Sleep Stores. We welcome in Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. National College Football Analyst with ESPN. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. Tom Luganville, have you ever called a, a, a Hawaii game in Hawaii? Uh, no, I've been to a Hawaii game in Hawaii when my dad was the head coach at San Diego State, and they were all in the whack together. Okay. Okay. Back when they had the greatest uniforms ever, where they had the green pants with the rainbow colors going down the side, oh. and then they had the little UH with the the oval-shaped rainbow on the white helmet. Those things were awesome. Those were glorious. What was that, about 1990? Uh, Yeah, basically like 88 to 95. And then, of course, we got to get politically correct so they couldn't be the Rainbow Warriors anymore. They had to be the Warriors, Mm. right? And so so then they changed to that, like that black and dark green and this and that. And now they've gone back to being the Rainbow Warriors. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, uh, June Jones, that yeah. that guy, you know, he was pretty – he did some really innovative things on offense. Did you ever meet him sure. and talk to him? Oh, yeah, I've dealt with June for a number of years. Um, I've known him – I got to know Mouse Davis um, in my mid-20s through a coaching colleague I had actually in the XFL – who had worked with Mouse at Detroit when they had Barry Sanders and and Rodney Pete and you know they had drafted Andre Ware the whole nine yards and Mouse obviously in June go way way back from a, a run and shoot perspective. Um, a lot of people don't realize you can look it up and everybody thinks about the run and shoot and the Godfather of the run and shoot is either Mouse Davis or or June Jones. It's actually a, a high school coach out of the state of Ohio by the name of Tiger Ellison. Tiger Ellison was the, the original kind of guy that everybody kind of took from. And then uh, you know, fast forward to 2020, and I got to interact with June an awful lot because he was the head coach at Houston in the XFL. Then he was the offensive coordinator under Jim Hazard at Seattle in the XFL this past um, spring. So, yeah, I've been able to, to get to know him pretty well over the years. Mouse Davis is all over that Mike Leach book, Luke's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, June's, he, he seems like a, is he a pretty cool guy? What, what's he like, personality-wise? He's a great, he's a, first of all, he's a great guy. Like, if you, ever, if you ever meet him, the first thing he'll say to you is say aloha, or he'll say mahalo. I mean, like, he literally talks like he's, like he's Polynesian. Um, but no, he's a really, really good guy, Bo. He's um, very, very laid back. Okay. Um, he's one of those coaches that doesn't, like, something goes bad, you don't see much of a difference in temperament. Something goes good, really don't see a difference in temperament. Very even keeled. Um, 
you know, you, sometimes I think I, I think the, a lot of those guys can get a, a bad label, at, you know, involved in the offense, you know, the, the run and shoot with John Jenkins, June and Mouse Davis and all those guys. You know, it's it, the original one and the version of it maybe isn't what, you know, it was back in the day before people caught up with it. But the one thing you could say about June is he's morphed. He's evolved. Like, they run the football out of that, uh, out of that stuff now. Um, a lot of it's still run and shoot principles. But he's, he's changed and adapted as football has changed and adapted. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He took Hawaii – June Jones took Hawaii to the Sugar Bowl against Georgia in like 05 or something. And they had 07. Uh, What was What was the dude's name? Colt something? Colt Brennan. Well, was it Colt Brennan or Timmy Chang? It was Colt Brennan, I think. Yeah, it was Colt Brennan. Unfortunately, the late Colt Brennan, unfortunately. That's right. That's right. Okay. Man, he, uh, June Jones had it rolling there. That's got to be a virtually impossible place to win. And yet, I think he went like twelve and zero that year, and 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 I know Georgia whipped him, but you know Rick had a top ten recruiting profile, and Hawaii probably didn't yeah. recruit in the top seventy. So, um, yep. Look, I, I want to talk a little bit uh, as we head into the summer, and you know we're a lot of times we'll hit the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We have the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame come up. That, that's that kind of year. You've you've done speeches for quarterback clubs and banquets yeah. and stuff for years. Sure. Uh, one of Blake and, and my favorite players is Warren Moon. And yeah. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks. It's unfortunate that he had to spend so much time in the Canadian Football League. Um, it, because for whatever reason, people weren't ready for a black quarterback in the NFL. But man, once he got in the NFL, yeah, that dude showed out. And I think Tom, I think I could put him as one of the top five underrated quarterbacks in the history of football. Well, and statistically, if you count his entirety, the entirety of his career, I think he's thrown for more yards than any quarterback in professional football history. If he hasn't, he's one or two. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how long he played and how productive he was. Now, he was another run-and-shoot guy, not at Seattle, but when he went down to Houston and played for Jack Pardee, all right, they were doing the traditional true run and shoot. Remember, they had all those little receivers. They're all like little five ten guys, um, and they had Rozier running back. So he 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 sprinkled into that uh, into that uh, run and shoot style of play too. But you're right, man. And you talk about a pure thrower of the football. Holy smokes, did that ball come off of his hand? I mean, that, and, and you know, Houston wasn't that good of a franchise to say the least and yet uh he made them more than competitive and then you know minnesota there's there's no telling i mean he he had a heck of a career there um but yeah i I think there are so many quarterbacks that won super bowls that warren moon is a hundred times better than tom yeah you're right and again how many times have we talked about this right place right time right set of circumstances, right people around you, um, the area you play in. I mean, there are so many variables that come into play 
in in all of this. And and I mean, there's so many good, really, really. I mean, look at Dan Marino. Yeah. Dan Marino. When Dan Marino played in that Super Bowl, what was that? '85. Like everybody and their brother was sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, this might be the first of five Super Bowls." He never made it back. You know, he's Warren Moon is is the first undrafted quarterback to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I did not know that. That's a great little nugget. Yeah. Because what he a had a question. Who's the only undrafted quarterback to ever go into the NFL Hall of Fame? That's an awesome trivia question. It is. Warren Moon is the only un first, I'm sorry, first undrafted quarterback to receive the honor in the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, you know he co- he played under Don James, who Correct. is uh Nick Saban's mentor, as you know. Yeah. And for you growing up out west, even though you were down in Southern California and they were up in the Pacific Northwest, what James did up there was truly remarkable. And, you know, it was, it just wasn't as talked about east of the Mississippi just because of the SEC and Big Ten, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama and all that. But um, you're talking about a remarkable career, and I think people could make a strong argument, like to get your thoughts, if... Don James is, you know, one of the top 10 college football coaches of all time considering where he won and the longevity piece, Tom. Yeah, and I think if you were asking this question of somebody like my father, who now is 76, and when I was growing up in in Washington, was starting to get really, really good. My dad was a defensive coordinator at Arizona State in the old Pac-8 and then Pac-10. And so, you know, obviously very familiar there. You know who the offensive coordinator was of that Washington team? No, Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle. Oh, what an unbelievable coach at Missouri! Wow, yeah, talking about a yeah, dude that could develop yeah. players. So I'm not surprised that uh, him learning under Don. I mean, Don James. What a freak. Okay, go ahead. That's oh, cool, yeah, right man. there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, Don James. How can you not look at him as one of the all all time greats? And not to mention, not to mention, and it still hasn't changed much today. But that's that program is a goldmine. The only downside to that program is you can't just build your roster from in-state kids. You are, you are forced to go into everybody else's backyard, most notably California, and have to get kids out of the state, right? And that's not necessarily easy to do, you know? And it's a, it's a really good job. Their facilities are unreal. A lot of that I think you can attribute to, to Don James' tenure because he built and established a program that was worthy of investing in. Okay. And, you know, fast forward to right now, and Kalen DeBoer, the head coach there, has got this ridiculously remarkable facility sitting there on, you know, Lake, Lake Seattle or Seattle Sound right there. I mean, it's gorgeous. It, it really is. Are they in Seattle or outside of Seattle? Uh, they're, they're in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. The stadium sits right on the water. Okay. I haven't ever been up there. Okay, well, so we take that into uh, developing players. You're, you're head of recruiting for ESPN and have been for over 15 years. There's an article in The Athletic about um, the best and worst teams that sign five, four, and three-star players, and those players get drafted. All right, and they took 2009 to 2019. And the bottom 10 as far as four-star players, signing four-star players... And, and them getting drafted. I'm going to throw out some numbers for you. During this time, 
Tennessee signed 105 four-star players. Ten were drafted. All right. Mm -hmm. Texas signed 146 four-star players. 17 were drafted. And Sumlin Sumlin and Jimbo did not do a good job either. A&M, during this time, signed 100 four-star players and 13 were drafted. Tom? (laughs) Nuts, isn't it? It just, I mean, it just goes to show you, and this kind of, this, this, this goes towards, in my opinion, this goes, this, this conversation really starts to go towards why in today's climate, from a name, image, and likeness perspective, would you ever get involved in investing in high school kids to lure them to your campus? Look at those numbers. None of them weigh in your favor that somebody's going to pan out. There's 2,800 kids in a class, right, roughly, that are going to sign at an FBS school. All right, so if, we're, if there are that many four-star guys, and now when you talk about getting drafted, let's be fair and, and add a little perspective here. Okay, getting drafted. The reality is that really about 0.4% of all players that play college football will actually get drafted. 0.4%, all right? So if we were to look at the numbers that you just threw out there and we said, okay, well, who was, let's just say, a, a two- to three-year starter? Who was all-conference? Who was all-American? Because I guarantee you all of those types of guys, that number is going to go up, but the vast majority of those guys aren't getting drafted either. So basing it solely on getting drafted is a little bit skewed because the chances of getting drafted, regardless of who you are, where you are, is really, really low. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I, I see I see where you're going. Um, as far as three-star players, I'm going to give you some numbers uh, that didn't do it well. Um, so, no, 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 that's skewed. I want three-star players that did it well. The powers seem to be able to sign the three-star players, and at a pretty, at a fairly high rate, Blake, get them into the NFL. For example, mm-hmm. Alabama signed sixty-five. They don't have to sign as many as Mississippi State and Ole Miss. All right, so they 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 signed sixty-five. Thirteen were drafted. Sixty-five three-star players. You're saying sixty-five three-star players from two thousand nine okay. to two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oklahoma, 135 players. Now, Oklahoma did not fare well in the five-star, but but Oklahoma signed 135 three-star players with only 25, well, well with 25, this is a pretty good rate, getting, getting drafted. They were in the top 10 as far as percentage. Okay. Um, what else jumped out at me here? Oh, Stanford crushed it. Now, they're, they're trending the wrong way, but Harbaugh... Well, I guess I guess Shaw took it for a while, and yeah. and since then they're trending the wrong way. But they signed 124 three-star players with 18 getting drafted, which is a pretty damn high percentage. So I just pretty thought, I'd throw, yeah, yeah sure. I thought I'd throw that out at you. All right, I want to switch gears on the news of the Big Ten this morning and scheduling. We talked to you about SEC football scheduling last week. I thought it was fun. We're waiting to hear. I think most people believe that we're going to have three permanent and six rotating and a nine-game conference schedule. We'll see if they, if and when they release it in Sandestin 
in um, a couple weeks. But according to Brett McMurphy with the Action Network, uh, the Big Ten is going to remove their Power 5 non-conference game requirement for scheduling. Does that surprise you, Luke? No, not with FC and, and UCLA coming into the league. Right. Not at all. And I think that they're looking at the SEC. They're looking at the landscape of college football. They're also considering the expansion of the college football playoff. Why would you put your conference at risk unnecessarily when nobody else is? I mean, it's that simple. So, Notre Dame, we could lose with, I agree with you, by the way. Okay, on, on, if, if the goal, and it is, okay, right? If the goal is to get Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, maybe Wisconsin, in, in the college football playoff as many times as you can over a 10-year period. Um, or FC. Oh, yeah, Southern Cal, absolutely. Yeah. Then, then, then I agree. What I wonder if, if, if we get so regionalized now, because with the Big Ten doing this, pretty darn confident the SEC is going to do it too, Tom, that the, the P5 non-conference mandate will be pulled. Um, we could lose, first of all, you could lose Notre Dame, Michigan. I know they, they pulled it and then, back, but anyway, um, yeah. you could lose Notre Dame, Stanford. I wonder what Notre Dame's going to do. If, if, if Stanford cuts them in Southern Cal, yeah, Southern Cal's not going to play them. You know, they do, they, you know, this, they go to the East and West coast so that they can recruit and, and, and they do the, the games, but if we're not all playing each other, I wonder what that will do for college football if SEC teams aren't playing any Big Ten teams, any ACC teams, any Big 12, Pac-12, and vice versa. Loose. Non-conference. Except in the college football playoff or bowl games. Yeah, I, I think from a television perspective, it's something that's not ideal. You know, obviously, and not just from, you know, a fan perspective, but from a broadcaster's perspective, because now your inventory is not as good, Right. But the, over, the overall long-term view of it, if you're a fan of a team, you want to do whatever you can that enables your best opportunity to be in the mix at the end. And you don't want to do anything unnecessarily from a competitive advantage or disadvantage standpoint that other conferences aren't doing. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I get it. I, and I'm cool with it. Like, I... Is it, is it ideal? To, would this maybe kind of limit some of those really good, you know, kickoff weekend, the Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, kickoff classic, what have you. Some of these games have been played in, in Jerry World and this and that. Would it limit some of those? Yeah, probably. Um, but I think the overall end game is everybody's going to get what they want. You're going to – here's what you're giving up. Is it bad you're for the game? Do you, is is the know. regionalization bad? Like, for, for just the – a good, you know, a good alum, right? A season ticket holder at MSU, Ole Miss, Bama, Florida, Penn State, Michigan, Southern Cal, uh, you know, all these, Wisconsin. It, it, is the regionalization, I, I don't know if we know yet. I'm just throwing this out to you. Is it bad for the game if we go that route? Um, I, think, I, I think potentially it's bad for teams that aren't in the college football playoff line because what I was going to say is, all right, you might be losing that non-conference big power five matchup of a Michigan and Notre Dame, but you may get it in the playoffs. That's so you're just swapping, you're just swapping when you'd be getting it. Right. Instead of early in the season, you'd actually get it at the end of the season. Right. So yeah, from a regionalization standpoint, I, I would, I would think that 
teams that maybe aren't going to be in the college football playoff hunt on an annual basis, meaning year in and year out consistently, yeah, I, I, it's, it's probably it's probably not ideal. Okay. I want to pivot one more time. Who is your national champion? Like, with Georgia losing their quarterback – and there's talk that Georgia's not going to, they're still going to be good, but they're not going to be as good or as deep on the defensive line. Now, the problem is some of the other powers aren't where they need to be right now. Okay. Ohio State, Texas, Southern Cal is probably still a year away. Uh, so this still could be the, the Bama Georgia thing. You may have another team in mind LSU, Jaden Daniels could, could give Caleb Williams a run for the Heisman. Could, if he takes another step, man, there's, there's no telling. They could be really dangerous. Even with Georgia having to replace a, a multi-year starter at quarterback, and people seem to believe that even though very talented, Tom won't be as dangerous and as off the charts, just super duper elite on the D line. Are you still going Georgia, or are you going with someone else? I'm still going with Georgia because the schedule's atrocious. That I makes that, sense. That's the thing, you know the. The schedule, I mean, they're going to have to absolutely screw it up. I mean, really screw it up or have some catastrophic injuries across the board. They're, they're so much better and so much deeper. And, you know, we, we talk about losses, right? We talk about, um, you know, how do you replace those guys? Well, look at them two years ago. All those guys that went in the NFL draft, they had a better defense last year. And it was like – I mean, it just—it's it, reload, plug and play, reload, plug and play. It's insanity. I would be more concerned about what they're going to be at quarterback than I would be with the other losses on the defensive side okay. or at offensive tackle, because you just—they haven't played. That's the thing. Is I'm not saying they're not going to be any good. They may be very, very good, but they haven't played, and that's why the schedule helps them out. Yeah, they're only—they're only shot at getting upset. It looks like. We're visiting with Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line is at Auburn and at Tennessee. That's that's it. That right. It is a. It and is neither a. Of those two teams are better than they are. No, 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 no. They'll just be hosting in. You know, they would have to bring their A game, and Georgia would have to be off. Right. That would now. Yeah. That, now you just like I always tell you, right? You got to. You got to. You got to play your best, and they got to help you. Now, if that if this new quarterback, you know, has an off day where he turns the ball over three times, then maybe sure. at Auburn with ninety five thousand people and at Tennessee with one hundred five thousand people, then maybe this is an interesting game. You know, late in the fourth quarter, that but that's what it would take. Yeah, that's how it would work. It, it, it most certainly would. Okay. All right, man. Um, are you in Cancun? I'm in Cancun all this next week. We might have to bump to later in the week next week. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Have a great trip, my man. See you, dude. Thank you, man. Nice. Luke's going to Cancun. Haven't been in a few years. Nice place, though. That's where we started when I I took Spanish 3 and 4, Blake. We flew into Cancun. A couple of my buddies had too much to drinky drink. They ended up in the hospital. I was like, I'm not going to a hospital down here. So I'm staying away from that. That's why basically all I did was eat bread. Um, We are the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone on National Shrimp Day. Enjoy a shrimp po'boy from Drago's Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar this week.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.